Hi, it's Dan, and thanks for joining me for this edition of the Law by Dan podcast. The population of Australians aged 65 and over is projected to grow by around 50% between 2024 and 2056, which means demand for retirement accommodation will increase significantly over the next few years. Now, as demand for retirement village accommodation grows, there are more villages being built, competition between providers is fierce, and with all of this comes heightened legal complexities. In today's podcast, I'm talking with Big Law Director Sylvia Lopez about the legal fundamentals of transitioning into a retirement village or a manufactured home park. Sylvia, so what is a retirement village? So Dan, a retirement village is essentially a collection of residences, which are often referred to as villas or units even apartments, but the main difference is that they're for over 55s. So it's essentially for people who are looking to move on to that next stage of life um, and are looking for essentially a lifestyle change. Um, And that's the key thing with these things. Irrespective of the type of ownership you have in a retirement village, they are really just a lifestyle choice for people to look at what amenities and what kind of lifestyle they want to have in their retirement years. You mentioned that term type of ownership. Now, we we both know that's probably a very important question for people that are considering a retirement village. What are the types of the ownership that that may be available uh, in a retirement village scheme? Sure. So you can have freehold. So freehold is um, essentially the same way that you or I would own a home. Um, So you own the house, you own the land that it's, it's on. Um, Now, that's very rare in Queensland um, that I'm aware of. There's probably only about three or four retirement villages that offer that freehold ownership to owners. So that means that you buy into the village um, and you have the usual fees and charges that you would have with respect to home ownership, so rates, um, water, body corporate fees. Um, but you own the land and the carport and all of that um, within the context of that retirement village. Um, and then you, of course, still have the the usual retirement village costs. Um, the other type of ownership, and by far one of the most common ownership models in Queensland, is leasehold. So effectively, a bit like a residential tenancy, um, but it's a lease. It gets registered on the title, so anybody that has any dealings with that retirement village knows um, that those residents have leases in place, so it gives security of tenure. Um, but you don't own the land. You don't own. You you only have the right to occupy pursuant to that lease. Um, typically, those leases are up to ninety nine years, so you do have security of ownership in that regard. Um, and then you also have the ability to um, own the, the well, to have a residential right to occupy pursuant to a loan and the license agreement. So they're the main types of ownership. Um, going back to that leasehold, as I say, um, you usually get up to 99 years or alternatively until death or your care needs change. Most retirement villages of that nature are really um, set up with independent living arrangements in place. 
So typically the leases will permit the scheme operator to require you to submit to a health assessment so they can determine whether or not your care arrangements need to change and whether you now require a higher level of care than what is provided within the uh, retirement village um, uh, that you've entered into. So we're just focusing on leasehold. Um, what type of lease do you get if you opt to buy into, say, a lease arrangement? So like I said, you do get typically a lease that it, um, continues on for 99 years. So mm. that is to give you peace of mind that you will be able to reside there for as long as you need to. Um, they are registered on the title. So if the scheme operator changes hands or the ownership of the village changes hands, um, then your your tenure is safe because anybody that deals with that freehold has notice of the fact that you're there. Um, the lease will typically allow you to transfer it to a new owner. So if you do need to exit during your lifetime, um, you can sell that asset um, and transfer the balance of the term in that leasehold to a new owner. Um, you can surrender it, which means you can give it back to the um, scheme operator. And that really usually only typically happens upon your death. Um, there are, of course, because it is a contractual arrangement, um, there are, of course, rights to terminate the lease for things like breaching the terms. So the lease will set out the rules, if you like, for your time to reside in the retirement village. Um and it sets out instances where the scheme operator could terminate that leasehold. So, for example, you know, if you're a nuisance, a repeated material nuisance, um, then, you know, there would be a right to terminate if you don't change your ways, but um, the, subject to notices and the like being provided to you. Um, the other big one, as I say, is your care arrangements um, and, you know, whether those change as well. So the, the big thing to remember is that the lease allows you to have access to the communal facilities um, and to be able to partake in the lifestyle things that the village provides. Um, the other advantage of a leasehold, Anne, is that you're not responsible for capital expenditure. So typically, if you own your home, as you know, you know if the roof needs replacing, it's up to you to do that. Um, with this arrangement, it's up to the scheme operator to maintain the buildings and the communal amenities. Um, the lease, obviously, that does create payment obligations on you. So when you go in and take up residence, you'll have to pay your ingoing contribution. Um, you then have to pay monthly charges, uh, which all relate to general service charges and maintenance charges. Um, and then those continue on whilst you remain um, residing in the village and in certain circumstances for a period after that time. And then you pay an exit fee when you leave. So that exit fee will depend on the length of your tenure within the village and how long you've taken up off the term of that lease. Now, in that context, we, we often hear of the term licence agreement. What What is actually meant by that term? Yeah, sure. So a licence agreement is a little bit different to a lease. Um, a lease is registered on the title. A licence agreement won't be. Um, a licence agreement is, again, a, a, effectively a contract to occupy the unit or the villa. But in that arrangement, your ingoing contribution is treated um, effectively as an interest-free loan to the skim operator. So 
when the licence determines your loan will be repaid and in some ways it's akin to an exit fee like it would be under a lease. So comparing the two, the licence isn't registered on the title but it is a protected right of ownership, right of residence within a retirement village and it's another way um, of making that offering to, to customers within that space. Sylvia, for people listening to this podcast, um, they may well not be actually looking at a retirement village to perhaps move into, but it might be something like in a manufactured home park. What's the distinction between those two sort of categories of, of accommodation, I suppose? Yeah, so the manufactured homes is often a cheaper alternative to a retirement village um, for a lot of people. Um, it isn't necessarily exclusively for over 55s. The retirement village legislation effectively allows an exemption for um, for the offering to be only to people who are over 55. The manufactured home legislation doesn't have that exemption. So you could end up somewhere where there are people who are less than 55. Now, that may not bother some people, but for a lot of people when they're choosing a lifestyle, they don't necessarily want to be next to someone who's having potentially parties every second weekend. Um, So that's one of the main distinctions. Other than that, the other big distinction is that when you buy into a manufactured home, you're really just buying the home itself, so the structure itself, um, which typically is movable and can be relocated within the the, um, manufactured home park. So effectively, you buy that and you rent or you lease the land upon which that structure stands. Um, You still have access to communal facilities and there's some pretty flash manufactured home parks out there actually, um, having read some of those documents. But that's the main difference. You may not necessarily be getting in somewhere with an over 55 limitation unless they've got an exemption. Um, The other big difference, I suppose, as well, is that your right to rent or lease that land is typically not registered on the title. So if that park owner sells that park, you may very well just be given notice to move. Um, There's no security of tenure in the same way that you might have under a lease arrangement that's registered on the title. It prompts the question, Sylvia, that um, people probably should get legal advice before they consider one of these options? Absolutely. Both legal advice and financial planning advice is critical before you do anything with this. Um, There's lots of options out there, um, but once you make a decision about which village you want to go into, um, definitely get the documentation and let us have a look at it so you understand exactly what you're buying into and what you're getting. For your money. And uh, you and the team at Big Law will do lots of these types of matters? We do. We do. It's definitely um, a growth area and being out here at Strathpine, I mean, there's lots of them around here, you know, North Lakes, Bray Park, lots of them, Bribey Island. We've dealt with them all out here. So um, definitely experienced in seeing the different types of ownership and the different types of documents that are circulated around those villages. Sylvia, thanks for joining me. Great. Thank you, Dan. That was Sylvia Lopez, who is the director at Big Law. Now you can reach Sylvia at biglaw.com.au.